Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. All right, Barbara Grassi, you are known as the book boss. Yes. Uh, and uh, you're on the web at barbaragrassi.com. And that's uh, Barbara and Grassi is G-R-A-S-S-E-Y.com. And you help people put books together, but not necessarily uh, uh, volume four of the Harry Potter series, which was significantly <laughs> longer than the first three. That's where I stopped. I'm like, ah, this is too much here. Oh, come on. I'll wait for the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> that's allowed. That's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. so you're a big fan of of small books, of, of what you call I, mini books, right? Little books. Little books. And what I found is I'm a reader and I started out in life like from three, four years old, I was reading everything I could get my hands on. And people are not readers anymore. They're listening to podcasts. They're watching videos. And so books are getting shorter, even real books, except for Harry Potter 4. Um, so they're getting shorter because people have shorter attention spans. There's more things uh, vying for their attention. And what I advocate doing, especially if you've never written a book before, is to write a little book. A short book that's a promotional book for your business, something that's going to help you find your people and help get your name out there. Because big books are scary. Yeah, yeah sure, sure. And and I think again, you know, just in terms of digesting uh, them, if somebody gives me like a thirty-page book and I'm interested in the subject, I'm going to listen to. I've got you know, I'm going to read it. It's easy. Uh, but yeah, sitting sitting down, like I'll listen to audiobooks. Like I can work my way through that in you know maybe like thirty to forty minutes max at a time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, reading reading a book, I I I, I agree. It's, like it's just it's really rare. I, I am a hyper consumer when it comes to podcasts and YouTube videos, and I think that that again just culturally. Uh, I'm sure there's some people that are going to argue with us about this, but I don't know. I think you if you do the research, it, you can do, you can break it down demographically and older women tend to read. We grew up mm -hmm. reading younger men tend to watch videos or listen to podcasts and men start listening to podcasts about the age of mm, 18 or so mm -hmm. and go up through now mid forties and older, yeah. but it, it's split along uh, gender lines to a certain extent and it's also split along age lines because if you grew up with reading, you're a reader. If that was all you had, yeah. but now, a lot of people struggled with reading. So videos and podcasts are a godsend for them. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, and I mean, like I said, I mean, I will spend hours a day learning mm -hmm. stuff if I can, you know, either multitask when I'm out riding a bike, but, you know, to grab all my attention onto words on a page, it's, I, you know, I've read a handful of books this year, um, and I'm almost embarrassed to admit that. But at the same time, you know, I consume more education than probably 95%, at least 95% of the country. Oh, yeah. And that's, okay, that's not, that's a pretty low bar, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So how does one, and, and so give, me, give me a couple more reasons how somebody would use, like it, why they should get motivated to put together a mini book. Oh, well, this is easy because I call, uh, I call little books the Swiss Army knife of marketing tools because they have so many uses. So one of the things you can do is to use it, first of all, as an opt-in on your website to gather names and email addresses so you can start building your list with it. Uh, second thing that I really love about little books is it showcases your knowledge and your expertise because when somebody is looking for a vendor, somebody to provide services, somebody with a product, they want to make sure that the person they're giving their money to, especially on the internet, is not uh, somebody who's incompetent or somebody who's just going to take their money and run. So if you have a book out there, they can read the book, they can see you've got some substance to you. And actually just writing a book proves to people that you know enough about the subject to write a book. <laughs> that's, that's a real big one. Um, it's a nice little funnel starter. And you can use a little book as a tripwire. I know one of the things uh, that was very big for a while was the $7 for, uh, special report. You paid $7 for a report. It was about 20, 30 pages on something very specific, a how-to. And that tripwire was, will people pay for this information? And if they bought the report, yes, they were interested enough to pay $7. And $7 is a very low fee. Yeah. But, you know, you can buy a full book for $7, too. So it's Easily. interesting that they would pay $7 for a special report. And you can also just use it to get your name out there. It increases your visibility. And for people who are out there speaking, having a book, even if it's a little book, is a nice thing for the person introducing you to say, our next speaker is the author of such and such. And I live in Tampa. And I have to tell you, actually, I'm outside of Tampa. Just about everybody in Tampa in business has a book. Not my fault, but <laughs> everyone's an author. So I always yeah. tell people, if you're going to do a book, make sure it's a good book, even if it's a little book. A lot of people stretch to make a full book. If you don't have that much information, there's no sin in having a short book. And as you said, you would like it better if you just got right to the, to the main content. Oh, sure. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so if somebody's been producing written content, say in a blog for a number oh, yeah. of years, chances are they got at least one book already written. Or if they've been producing a podcast, uh, they have at least one book because you take those and you find the thread that weaves them together. I, I actually just worked with a man who has been blogging for years and he put together his first book kind of as a test. He's really doing a bigger second book, but his first was taking his blog posts and stringing them together with a theme and with lessons in between and he had a book that we got to, oh, it was number one in a couple of categories on Amazon. Oh. And it just got ranked as one of the top 50 Amazon marketing books of the year, which was really nice because it was basically built from his blog post. So if you've been blogging or podcasting, you probably already have a book. Wow. Um, okay. So uh, what does this, like, how do we put a book together? Is because it sounds big and scary. <laughs> it, oh, yeah, some books are big and scary. Uh, Harry Potter 4, for instance. <laughs> it's really thinking about what your reader needs to know and what they want to know. Whenever I sit down to talk to somebody about doing a book, I'll say two questions. What do you want your reader to get out of this book? Because that should be your first concern. What are they going to get out of it? How will it help them? And then the second question is, what do you want to get out of the book? 
because I work with business books and those are people that want their book to help them get more business. So sitting down to write a book, especially a little book, is not that tough. Um, it's a matter of organizing your, your work. I tend to do a brain dump and then I organize uh, according to categories. So I might have, for instance, I, I just realized I've got an outline for a book on masterminds because we did a summit on masterminds. So I look to see what do people want to know, what do they need to know, and what's a logical progression for it. And if you just go with common sense and logic, you're halfway there. Is there any way, Barbara, I could speed up this process or make that, let's say that a lot of folks that listen to this program, Mm -hmm. um, they're they're running a thriving company. Uh, They're very busy. And so the idea of adding one more thing to their plate. Yes. You know, so how could we maybe systematize this or who could we hire to at at a reasonable rate uh, or what, you know, maybe we could hire someone and train somebody on our team uh, to be able to help us do this. Um, But uh, any ideas there? Oh, tons. You can hire a ghostwriter or actually any writer. Uh, I recommend Upwork if you're looking for that. I used to ghostwrite bigger projects. I only take on one or two projects a year now because they are big. For small books, you can easily get somebody on Upwork to put that together. I actually yeah. have a course on how to put together little books called you know, Big Profits and Little Books. And you can train somebody on your team to do that too because really they follow a formula. So if you're going to do a promotional book, I've got a formula for that. If you're going to do, and I love these top 10 tips or top 10 red flags, things to look out for. Yeah. And if you've got a business that is a service-oriented business, and one of the, the types of books I like for those businesses is what do people need to look out for before they hire somebody in this industry? And if you're telling them that, I think one of the best-selling little books ever was from a car salesman that said, this is what car, car salesmen do to trick you, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you've got a car salesman that's telling you all his tricks, you're going to go to that car salesman because he's just shown you this is what car salesmen do. This is what I do. So it's, it can be very formulaic because people aren't reading every single little book you put out, but it, it's also something you can hire out easily. And that's, there's tons of people on Upwork that are great. I would not uh, use Fiverr. No, want, gosh, please, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I would look for uh, Native American or Canadian speaking. Because even though people from other countries speak impeccable English, yeah. they do not speak American, mm-hmm. and which I always find out when I make jokes to them on the helpline. My jokes do not tra- translate in Bangalore. They don't get them. No, right, I'm like, right. I'm, like, no, I'm American. I'm funny. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, and that's one thing, you know, admittedly, you know, we've hired a lot of people over the past 12 years, uh, mm-hmm. both domestically and overseas. And writing is one of those ones I've had a real tough time trying. It just, I yes. just, you know, even just blog writing, like there are just some things that uh, it's just, um, it, it ends, there's a lot of, I appreciate uh, if I'm writing to a North American audience, you know, someone that's just been living a North American lifestyle. They need um, to. It really makes a big difference, even though the, the, the grammar and everything else is, you know, it's, it's correct. Yeah, sure. And Americans don't have, we don't speak with correct grammar. No, <laughs> no, we certainly don't. <laughs> no. and, and, and part of that is regionalisms and part of that is just, the casualness of the American language. 
Yeah. So Barbara, tell me about your business and, and how have you been able to grow and scale the work that you're doing? Ah, and it, it's been a journey. I've been uh, an entrepreneur. I started entrepreneuring in the 80s then took a couple of jobs and started back again in the late 90s. So I've been working, writing books, and I fell into it since about 2000, so about 20 years. And one of the things you find out as a female is that you are kind of unhirable after 40 or 45, depending on how well-preserved you are. And men find this out about 50, 55. So we just get, we get the word earlier than the guys do. Mm. And after you've been working for yourself for a while, you really are kind of unemployable. You don't take a lot from that employer. You know how things ought to be done and how you would run things. And you kind of get a bad attitude, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I can see. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was subtle. <laughs> I love it. Um, so I started working, uh, writing for other people. And I, I was uh, working as a ghostwriter. And I did not know how much I should be charging. And this is something that women really need to investigate because they don't charge enough money for what they do. And I'll say it categorically, categorically as females up your prices. That's, yep. the, that's one of the sentences I'll put into every talk that I do. It's like, if you're a woman, double your prices. Um, so I started working with really national speakers, writing their courses and manuals. And I launched out from there. And what I had was people that could not afford my services. So like, how do I write a book? So I wrote a course on how to write a book. And that was kind of a bigger course for people. And then I started running into people that just needed a small book for their business. And over the years, I've niched down from writing certain things to really doing marketing plans for people who have a business book. Because people put a lot of work into their business books and they launch it and they get a little pop and then nothing happens. And the idea of the business book is not to sell copies of the book. It's to use the book to market your business. Right. And once you get that mindset change, you can do amazing things with the book. Yeah. So, I, Barbara, just if you could kind of throw a, a bucket of cold water on anybody who's thinking that they're going to write a book, make a lot of money selling that book. Do you have any yeah. statistics yeah. or, you know, general? Like, <laughs> listen, I've been in this world for a while. Let me tell you the reality. Yeah. Oprah's not going to call. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because if she was, I, I would not be here, Josh. I would be done, right? Yeah. Um, the average book sells fewer than 250 copies in its lifetime. So it's not even 250 wow. copies a year. It's lifetime. And that's why I tell people, don't get hung up on selling copies of the book. You want to use it as a marketing tool. Wow. Um, other stats are, you know, 81% of people say they want to write a book. And then my favorite follow-up stat is 9 out of 10 people who start writing a book don't finish <laughs> <laughs> like that's where I come in. Thanks. Um, um, yeah. So that's really interesting. So Barbara, imagine if someone were writing a book and you were to say, okay, so here's the deal. You're going to do all this work and you are going to sell 250 copies. Max. So yeah, right. And, and max, yes. like and over your lifetime. Yes. So those are the numbers. I mean, and I'm just telling you, that's exactly how many books you're going to sell. That said, mm-hmm. how can you leverage the authority from writing a book and how can you leverage those 250 sales and the fact that you just have a book to increase all of the other areas of your business? Do you think that's a good question? That's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you might like it, but that's where you just really like, you just blew my mind right there. Like in in thinking that, and then it's, listen, it's like when you do, so we, 
obviously without my influence, we're getting media for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like a really, really I, I blew 25 grand hiring PR firms. And yes. I got one good introduction to a reporter. And, you know, I turned that into, uh, because of my own skills, I was able to turn that into, you know, probably about, uh, you know, I, I got a regular segment, probably did about 40 to 50 segments with it. So that was cool. That was but cool. Other, that, the, the PR firm, all they did was make the intro and right. they uh, got me to speak at a lawn and garden show. And Ooh. so if, if someone said, listen, you're going to spend $25,000, this is all you're going to get. Yeah. How could you max that out? Yeah. Uh, and, and like, how could you get the hire so, hire it, it's VA, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that, no, that's not a good investment, yeah. <laughs> but I share that. Here's the reality in, in media, most people overvalue the visibility yeah. aspect of, uh, of being in the media. And they think, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm going to get in front of all those eyeballs and all my wildest yeah. dreams are going to come true. And my, and, my site is going to crash. So many people. Yeah, right. Exactly. Now mm-hmm. I, I, I could, now I can tell you that it actually has happened. Uh, okay. you know, but you got to do stuff like I did like a 20 minute segment on Chicago radio. Like that it's got to be difference. like really, yeah. really big, <laughs> uh, in order most, like if you're just doing local news or something like that, um, again, you're, you're going to be underwhelmed. Yes. Okay. But that said, should you still do it? Absolutely. Because yes. the visibility is just one of like five major big, big benefits you get. Having a book is the same thing, Barbara. If you have a book, that is a calling card that legitimizes your authority. It opens doors. Mm -hmm. And, And matter of fact, you know, of those, here's the crazy thing. Of the 250 people that buy the book, how many people are actually going to read it cover to cover? Nobody. (laughs) <laughs> you know, people, yeah, that, people bail at page 18 <laughs> isn't that amazing yeah i i'm usually the only person that reads cover to cover and that just, and that's why shorter books work better it gets your book read it's a shorter book and it's easier to to digest yep yeah, absolutely i had a guy give me he was an uh-huh. uber driver and he gave me a book um you know we started getting talking about um uh like religion and faith and stuff and he was a um from Nigeria. And so mm-hmm. he recently moved to the US and I guess he was going around speaking and he said, look, I've got a, a 15 page book. And he said, would, would you like a copy? It's, you're welcome to take it if you want. I wrote it myself. I'm like, okay. yeah, sure. I flipped through it and I read it. And I was like, man, cool. You know, my, and, and I actually, I consumed all of it. Now, if he had given me 150, and I think even if he had offered me a 150 page <laughs> book, I would have politely declined. I get books at conferences all the time. Me too. And it's, you know, they're all sitting on that shelf over there. I have tons. And (laughs) the the books that I I really don't like are the compilation books where somebody gets you to pay them a certain amount of money to have a chapter in their book. And I have a blog post that says, nobody's going to read your chapter. And these people, you get a certain number of copies for paying your money and they give the book away or they sell it and there's a bookmark in their chapter, people, other people, the people who know you might read your chapter, but other people aren't going to find you through a compilation yeah. book because they just, honestly, it sits on the, on the shelf and collects dust. Yeah. Barbara, so, yeah. this has honestly been one of my favorite conversations I've oh, had in a so long cool. time. This is really, <laughs> really cool. So you, you are on the web, Barbara Grassi, you're the founder and CEO of, uh, the, you are known as the book boss. I know uh, the book and boss, you're yes. on the web at Barbara 
grassy.com, G-R-A-S-S-E-Y.com. And you have free training. You have free resources. You have free free mini course. Give it away. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, the mini course is really good. It's it's videos. You'll like it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Love it. Love it. It's things on finding the time to write your book, overcoming imposter syndrome, and getting the whole thing scheduled. So that's a free training you can go to. There's also um, a free training on how to use mini books for your business. I love it. Barbara, that's awesome. I love your go-giver approach as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh. You take care. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement.